0: This is Brock and Salk. Brock Ewart is my hero. Gabe just punched me in the kidney. Power through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to see you on the internet. Don't really work that way, Sharon. This, this is, is a show that has my name on back. it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts Brock Ewart and Mike Salk. Hello. Hello. Well, our final hour of the week here. We'll open up the phone lines in 30 minutes, as we always do on Fridays and the show with some ranking. But, Brock, we've not really ventured down to Vegas much this week. We haven't Mm. talked to a ton of people down there. But excited right now to speak with Kurt Warner, who's going to be calling the game for Westwood One. Kurt, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Good morning. How are you doing? How is the vibe in Vegas?
1: I know last night was the honors show and – We've been to a couple Super Bowls about a decade ago with the Seahawks sitting down there on Radio Row. Is it starting to kind of build up? Is the energy coming to Vegas with the expectation of kick in here a little over 48 hours?
2: Yeah, it's starting to get there. You know, it uh, it, it kind of ramps up you know, Thursday and Friday. Um, you know, it's kind of spread out. So you see a lot of cars. Uh, haven't seen as many bodies walking around and jerseys on and what have you that, that you kind of expect at the Super Bowl. But I would assume that's going to ramp up here. In the next couple of days, um, you know, but I'm interested to see how it plays out uh, here in Vegas with everything Vegas offers, anyways. And then you have the Super Bowl too; yeah. it, it should be fun.
0: Well, and hopefully everyone will uh, be able to stay out of trouble the couple of nights here leading up to that Super Bowl. We haven't had someone get in trouble before Super Bowl in a few years, so uh, we'll see what that looks like in Vegas. I saw I saw a question, Kurt, that I'm going to steal from uh, one of the TV networks that was asking this this morning, but I'll throw it at you: Who do you think is the face of this Super Bowl?
2: The face of this Super Bowl. Um, I mean, I, I think it's got to be number fifteen. It's got to be Patrick Mahomes um, with all he's done and and how good he's been, and um, you know, I, I think he's in a specific spot where you really start to think about him chasing Brady now, with what he's done in, in these first six years of playing. So I think he's got to be the face. But I think, like most Super Bowls, it's it's the two quarterbacks and. Probably the two quarterbacks for two different reasons. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes for what he has accomplished and where he may be going, and Brock Purdy, because everybody's still not sure. And, and we're all wondering, okay, is this guy good enough to be a Super Bowl quarterback, good enough to be a Super Bowl champion? Uh, what is he? Who is he? And so uh, I think when you, you know, talk about this game, those are the first two guys uh, that come to mind, and, and they come to mind for different reasons.
1: Man, we had a lot of conversations, Kurt, with you about you a decade ago with Russell Wilson running the white round and winning the Super Bowl and playing off schedule, and and uh, you were such an on-schedule guy, you and Mike in the, in the greatest show on turf and the just the precision and the timing. Is Mahomes at this level because he can do both? He can play on and off schedule in ways that maybe very few in the history of the game have been able to do?
2: Uh, I mean, I would first say that, the way he plays on schedule um, is as good as, as anybody in the national football league. And so I, I think that part gets kind of pushed to the side because Brock, like you're talking about, well, we've seen him do the other stuff really, really well. So as long as he can do some of that stuff in the pocket, I think he is a difference maker by how he plays in the pocket. And if he couldn't do that other stuff, he would still be extremely special. Um it's kind of hard to explain, especially when you're, you're on the radio, but um, you know that every time a coach puts a play up on the board, they they kind of lay it out. Okay. This is how it's going to play out. And and this is what we're looking for against this coverage. And, and these are your options. And then there are a very few select guys that can see that play on the board and take it in infinitely different directions saying, well, okay, but if, if the defense does this, then, then maybe I could hit that. And if the defense does this, well, then this guy could become the mm-hmm. primary guy on a play. And it, it's what I call creativity within a play. And that is something that is very rare. I don't see it very often. But Patrick has that,
3: mm-hmm.
1: that
2: I believe he's throwing and completing passes to people that they never really even talk about in the room. He just sees how the defense adjusts, <laughs> and he reacts off of it. And so that, to me, is what his – Superpower is it's not you know the no look passes and and the unbelievable things that he can do um, with his arm. To me, it's what he does with his mind that separates him. And then you know to your point, Brock. Then add the the ability to be athletic, you know, to run to make those special throws. I do believe that's why when it's all said and done, uh, if things continue to 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 move like this, we're probably talking about him as the best quarterback our league has ever seen. Now I still got some work to do because. Tom was so great. But yes, that combination, I think, lends itself to saying, hey, get close and we'll give you the edge because you can do so much uh, and more than a guy like Tom Brady can do. Probably
1: totally unfair to come off of that comp and that conversation to here in Seattle. But Kurt, in one week, Seattle's going to have to make a decision on Geno Smith. Like a lot of these contracts, the Seahawks have done year two. There's a big number that becomes guaranteed five days after the Super Bowl. That's some 13 million or close to it, and then a month from now, another nine million gets guaranteed. So you make this first decision here a week from uh, a week from today. More than likely, you're going to then add the next 10 million to it. Is Geno Smith a 22 million dollar quarterback for you?
2: Oh, I definitely think he's a 22 million dollar quarterback in, in this day and age of. Of quarterbacks um, that are making you know forty and and fifty million dollars, uh, twenty two is a bargain, uh, and it's a bargain for a starting quarterback. And I definitely believe what Gino's done the last two years has solidified himself as a starting quarterback in this league. Um, but you know these questions just continue to come up with different teams. Is that you're looking for that guy? You know you're looking for the dude because. That's what puts you over the top is you got to have either a great team, as we talked about with Russell Wilson, or you've got to have that guy. And there's only so many of those guys. So these teams get caught in these dilemmas of going, okay, uh, we have a guy. Is it good enough to have that guy? And then we'll try to build around him and see if we can find our way to a Super Bowl, or do we pass on, you know, a guy and, and try to find the guy when there's not very many of them out there. Um, and, and I think this is the dilemma that so many of these teams face because there's just not many Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen's out there uh, that, you know, they're, they're in that pattern. i you know, i liken it to the Cincinnati Bengals, um, you know, a couple decades ago, they went and got Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton was great for them. He changed the culture. They became a winning organization. They got to the playoffs every year. But Andy Dalton was limited. Andy Dalton was a starting quarterback, one of the best 32 in the league, no doubt. But he could only get you that far. (laughs) And it was great because at that time, that's what they needed. They needed to turn the corner. But then at some point, they're like, okay, he's a guy. We need that guy. We're going to go and let him go, and we're going to go get Joe Burrow. And, and so these teams have to start deciding that. You know, Brock, I'm not Brock, pretty, uh, Dak Prescott, I think he's kind of at that moment. He's a really good quarterback in this league, but hasn't shown that he's got that thing about him that can take him or take them to the next level in the biggest moments. And so they're in the same boat. Like, what do we do? We're going to have to go pay him another $50 million, and he's a really good quarterback. We're going to win a lot of games with him. But can we win a championship with him because he hasn't shown the ability to, to raise his game uh, in those biggest moments? But then if we don't have him, we got to go and try to start over and, and, and find a guy. Is that guy out there? So I think you know, Seattle is kind of in that same mode. We've got a guy, got a guy that we can win with, a guy that you know, can take us to the playoffs, but is he that guy? And what are we willing to have at the quarterback position?
0: A guy versus that guy. It's interesting. Yeah. We're talking to Kurt Warner. Um, you went to what? Three Super Bowls in your time, right? And I think about the one, well, it was 22 years ago last week. It wasn't your favorite day, I'm sure, to remember. It was one of the great days in my life because my wife and I got together that night. We've been together ever since. So I, I have, like, a, a very clear memory of that evening in my mind. But I, I she do, kissed him, Kurt. She yeah, kissed him. She decided that, that night, night I'm going to kiss this man. guy. Yeah. So we, yeah, we may have, a big deal. There may have been some intoxication <laughs> involved. But we're still together. It's a very nice story, I promise. What is it like... Uh, as a starting quarterback on an offense like that. And being that guy not on that ha- team. Not having the ball in the final minute.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, usually when you get to, you know, those moments, there's a really good guy on the other side. And so, you know, if you leave time for that guy um, or you leave a window for that guy, it's uh, you know, there's a chance it goes the other way. And, you know, Super Bowls are usually close. Uh, But when you when you get into that moment, you you have to look at yourself afterwards and go, gosh, you know, I needed to do more. I needed to have a bigger lead. Mm -hmm. I I, I needed to put us in a position where that one drive couldn't have beaten us. But, you know, it's hard to do that. I mean, you know, Super Bowls don't come down to winning by double digits a lot. Right. They're going to be close games. And it's who makes the plays in the moment. I mean, I I played in three Super Bowls. I I say this all the time. I could be oh and three. I could be 3-0 and uh, or anywhere in between based on really doing absolutely nothing different in the game. If my stats and my throws, if everything were exactly the same, I could be either way. Because my first Super Bowl, you know, I'd throw a touchdown pass with two minutes to go. But yeah. then Steve McNair drives them all the way down to the one-yard line. So we could have easily been in overtime or lost that game with one more yard. Tom Brady, you know, we were down. We tied it up with less than two minutes to go. Then he drives them down, and you don't get the ball back, and they kick the winning field goal. And then the same in Arizona. We took the lead with two and a half minutes to go. So crazy. And then Big Ben and San Antonio drive down and make that play, and and we lose the Super Bowl. I think
0: what we learn here is we need you in more Super Bowls. I
3: mean,
2: you
0: you, you played in three of the best Super Bowls of all time. Why do you think he's calling it with Harlan? No wonder you're calling Super Bowls. You're like the guy to make sure you have a guaranteed great
2: game. Yeah. I mean, no doubt. And they were great games and it it came down to great players in the moment, making those plays. And so it is tough because you leave going, okay, I did my job. You know, like I, I got us the lead, (laughs) but it's the, it's the ultimate reason why we love this game. And, you know, I, I tell my, when I was coaching high school, I used to always tell my players, you know, the greatest thing about football is it's a team game. We get to celebrate this together. It takes all of us to win. And then I tell them, sometimes the worst thing about this game is that it's a team game. That, you know, it's not just about what you do. It's about what your team does. And so that first Super Bowl was kind of, you know, a perfect representation of that because offense, we scored, took the lead. McGare drives down, but then the defense makes that play to solidify the game. And it takes both sides. And, you know, again, those other two, Games you can look at it, you know, obviously in, in a smaller picture. But you say, "Hey, offense scored to tie the game, or offense scored to win the game, uh, to take the lead, and then the defense needed to stop, and we weren't able to get a stop defensively, and we lost those two Super Bowls." So it is the ultimate team game; it takes everybody. But yes, you never want to hand the ball back to yeah. uh, a really good player on the other side within one score uh, with just a couple minutes to go, because you, your fate is that. I may never get the ball again. I may never touch so it. It's frustrating. And now it's all up to, you know, all the other guys on the field to, you know, to kind of solidify this for the offensive side of the ball, so to speak, you know, and, and vice versa. If your defense did your job and stopped and now it came back to the offense, it's fully up to that side of the ball to have to finish that thing. Um, and so it's the beautiful part of it and sometimes the, the, the tough part of it.
0: Great stuff. Kurt, thank you. Now we know why you're calling the game and not Neil O'Donnell. You are a guaranteed great Super Bowl. We'll look forward to it. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you, Kurt. You got it, guys. Take care. All
0: right, there you go. There's Kurt Warner. We'll come right back with everything you need to know next on Brock & Salk. Need to know.
1: 15 minutes past every hour with Brock &
0: Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. We are still in wait-and-see mode, Brock, waiting to hopefully find out this weekend what the Seahawks are going to do with their offensive coordinator job, Dan Graziano, on yesterday with Wyman and Bob. The one
2: name I keep hearing connected with is a guy on the Lions coaching staff named uh, Tanner Engstrand, who's their passing game coordinator. I think he's a name to watch. I, I sort of through the process was told he'd be a name to watch wherever McDonald ended up. And um, I think Chip Kelly is definitely somebody who's in the mix.
0: seems like those two are kind of the two names we are now hearing the most i guess but we just don't hear much you just don't it's one of the
1: strengths of that building until jay glazer or adam Schefter is going to tweet something today tomorrow sunday monday who knows uh, hopefully before monday at 9 30 when we talk to mike mcdonald so we can ask him about the offensive coordinator and if not maybe we can ask him about the process because if those are the last two i mean you're talking dan quinn versus mike mcdonald you're just talking two totally different resumes mm-hmm. you're talking a younger guy who was a coordinator in the XFL and was at San Diego with the Toreros, but just has not had the experience at the NFL level of calling plays and running the whole show and certainly not a head coach versus Chip Kelly in his, what, mid to late 50s. It's been there and done it and seen it all and been a, been a head coach he in the NFL. Is that old? Pretty sure
0: he's mid, mid to late, late 50s. late 50s? Well, let me see. I don't, he doesn't feel that old to me. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I not it's not that I don't believe you. I just 60. What? 60. He looks pretty good for 60. You give Chip Damn. some credit.
1: <laughs> Irish, too. He was the 21%
0: Irish. 21%. <laughs> Heard that number somewhere. Uh Super Bowl we're nearly here, Brock. We're uh, just a couple days left um, in Vegas and uh, they had all their big awards given out last night. The big one from a Seattle perspective was that Devin Witherspoon came in fourth in the defensive rookie of the year voting behind will anderson behind jalen carter fourth
1: yeah unfortunately kind of fizzled at the end of the year the team kind of fizzled the team fell short of the playoffs you gotta you gotta just have that buzz and will anderson did he he ends up winning it. he had a great year as well there's no question about that but you know, you're, you're dominant the line of scrimmage. You help your team in the playoff. You win a playoff game. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, pretty, pretty good draft by those Texans last year.
0: Very good draft. And it's not that the Seahawks didn't do well with their two first-round picks. I think they did. I mean, I really like what they've gotten from both Jackson Smith and Jigba and from Devin Witherspoon. It's hard, though, when unfortunately the first big guy you took in the second round with Derek Hall just yeah. didn't do much. Nothing. It really makes the decision to not go line of scrimmage with either of those two picks yeah. really kind of hurt a little bit.
1: Yeah, that was a big old nothing burger yeah. for Mr. Hall.
0: Yeah, it's really too bad.
2: Here's the third thing you need to know. All
0: right, cracking back on the ice tomorrow night. They've had a big on layoff, and uh, they're going to do a big, long East Coast swing right after it. So they're in Philadelphia. Bunch of good teams here coming up, and uh, you got to you got to play well during this stretch if you want your team to not sell. They're on the outside, the right? Outside of they're the playoffs just right just outside, now? yeah. Just
1: outside the playoffs like right a Half right
0: game or, so, or a game. The
1: Kings, we, we didn't really even talk about this. They fired their coach, by the way not not happy with their production and where they sit there are ahead of you actually in that playoff push and yeah i'm not i'm not calling for any kind of firing or anything of that nature but this has been a little bit up and down right over the course of these couple of years a little bit up and down been pretty good on some of these East Coast road trips playing quality teams, and you'd sure like to find yourself in that playoff mix here
0: before the trade deadline. There you go. That's everything you need to know. Uh, We do a quarter past every hour. It is time, as we do on Fridays, to open things up for you guys. Kind of slow last week at first with the the phone calls, but then it picked up a little bit once I threw a little guilt out there at all of you, but uh, Mm -hmm. let's see if we don't need to use the guilt this week. Hopefully you have thoughts on the uh, vacant offensive coordinator job. Hopefully you have thoughts on the mariners who we've talked a lot about this week and the deals that they've made including uh, the big trade over the weekend for gregory santos and whatever's left for them here in the remaining week or so before spring training maybe starts talking
1: about the super bowl and like kurt warner laid out there there's that guy maybe the greatest to ever do it versus that team mm-hmm. who's got a facilitator
0: a quarterback oh, was, how do you it, want to build this series? interesting yeah. that he went to the quarterbacks when i was i just i was walking by the tv downstairs uh-huh. And they have that question out there, you know, who's the face of the Super Bowl? And the first answer given was Travis Kelsey. That in some ways this is sort of his Super Bowl because of the Taylor Swift factor and and sort of where he's at and his sort of national fame right now, that in some ways it's sort of the Travis Kelsey Super Bowl. So 866-979-3776. Open up the phone lines here for whatever it is you'd like to talk about. Hall of Fame, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Mariners. Super Bowl offensive coordinate her Gino Smith Gertrude the French Bulldog we got it all 866 979-3776 your calls next you're listening to Brock and Salk.
2: power through the Alaska Airlines studio On Seattle sports
0: and the Seattle sports app surprise me again more love it Little fella cootie. Same surprise
3: every Friday at so, 9
0: 30. It's a pleasant one every every Friday at 9 30 here. Little fella cootie. Get myself ready for the weekend. It's Brock and salt Seattle Sports here on 710 Seattlesports.com. We'll answer your calls for about 15 minutes. And then uh, we've got a ranking to finish out the week. Brock, you want to hear straight from the people today? I we'll do. dig right into it. 866 979 3776. Whatever's on your mind, we will uh chat with you. Let's start with Scott and Redmond. What's up, Scott? Good morning.
4: Good morning, all. Thanks for having me on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to everything that's going on. I have friends saying, oh, we got the wrong coach. But I don't think we're going to see any more hiring on the Seahawks side of the ball until after the Super Bowl. I think they want to talk to the Kansas City defensive line coach. I've heard his name coming around.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And I really I really don't want to see Chip Kelly. I mean, it's an Oregon-Washington thing with me. Mm. And I heard he doesn't have that kind of personality. But um, I understand having an experienced offensive coordinator on that side of the ball, though.
0: Yeah. Did you not want Pete Carroll because he was at USC?
4: No, but remember when he was hired, we all talked bad about him. You know, he's had his way for 14 years, and I think it's a good healthy change coming now because I don't know if the game outgrew him, but obviously the way things were going in the last few years, that mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't working. Something wasn't
1: working. Yeah, I think Pete in Chip's resume is a little, a little different. So, thank you for the call. No, I just meant the
0: Washington Oregon thing he said. Right, I got you. Did you hate Pete because it was at USA?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. He was kind of winning national national titles and just yeah, wasn't wasn't that direct pipeline? It's a you know that rivalry is hated. There is a lot of vitriol between Ducks and Huskies. But as I said, I for me personally, that feels like a long time ago. The Mm -hmm. question is, at sixty, does he have the juice to want to do this? It's 60. Does He's he older have, than
0: I realized. I yeah. got to tell you, if you would ask me how old Chip was, I would have said, like, early 50s. Oh, no. I am no. I I didn't realize that. That is mm-hmm. a little older than I, than I mm-hmm. thought. Hm.
1: And he wants to do this. He wants to get out of the college game. He wants to coach. If he goes to Ohio State, and there's right. a lot of that speculation now that Bill O'Brien, you know, is who Ryan Day hired as his OC. Bill O'Brien takes the Boston College job, and Ryan and Chip are really close. So if it doesn't work out in Seattle, does he just get to go be a coordinator and not really – Recruited Ohio State because, well, that (laughs) takes care of itself. 866-979-3776.
0: Let me go to Chuck in the Tri-Cities. Chuck,
2: good morning. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Hey, just a quick question here. No, 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 no. no. no, no. Quick question.
1: No, Chuck, hold on. Quick question for you. Okay, I need to know. Pasco, Richland, Kennewick. Where are we in the Tri-Cities? Very different cities. Kennewick. Okay, thank you. Much better. Okay, Chuck from Ken. Okay, now go we've ahead. set the okay. scene. Okay. Yeah, now I know. Now I know what I'm really dealing with. Go ahead, Chuck.
2: All right, here's what I want Seattle, the Mariners, to do. They need to go sign Trevor Bowers because he's willing to pay or play for league minimum. And that way it'll take the pressure off of Miller and Wu. And depending on where we are sitting, come, uh, trade deadline and how he's pitching, that's a yeah. pretty big uh, trade uh, trade ship, right there, to go and get something that we might need for next year.
0: I got to tell you, Chuck, I think that's a 0.0, 0 chance of happening. Mm-hmm. 0. 0. 0.0. bad guy, and and I and I am not uh, innocent. I didn't say he was a. I didn't say he was guilty. I said he was a bad guy, yeah, and I am think... not. And I am not basing that just off what's been reported. I am basing that on questions I've asked of people who have been around him and know him. He's not a guy you want on your team.
2: But do you think maybe with all this stuff that's happened over the last few years, maybe he's changed and he nope. wants to try to prove himself I don't think again? it's that
0: kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that type of a thing all right. at all. And and I'm not going to get into detail. This has I'm not telling you he's guilty. I'm telling you that from my understanding, that's not a direction you want to go.
1: For 30 teams to have all basically made this decision, right, and as desperate as some are, Salk? to win, as desperate as some yep. are to still need quality pitching. He bounced around organizations before, okay. correct? Before any of, the, any of the lawsuits that he has, so it's been proven that he is guilty in, in the criminal cases and everything else. But for 30 teams to have all right now be passing on him, it can't just be those lawsuits. It's not. Is that what you're saying?
0: I'm saying that I think it's a little more than that. I all think right. he's just not a guy you want on your team. He's not a guy you want in your clubhouse. He's not a guy you want around. He is not somebody, and, and this is not a collusion thing. I think anybody who kind of knows what's going on there has said no thank you to mm-hmm. to moving on with Trevor Bauer. eight six six nine seven. and that's from people I very much trust in the game. 866 Let me go to Rick. Rick and Spokane. Good morning, Rick.
1: Good morning, gentlemen. How are y'all doing today? Oh man, the east part of the state always just responds. Yeah. I mean, on Friday, fellacooty, it is just amazing. that eastern Washington. All, all the rises. calls we get are from
0: the are from from love
1: it. outside of Seattle. Is it is, is it Rick and Spokane? Is that what I'm dealing with here? What we got? Yeah. Okay. What do what, what we yep, bring? Rick and right? Spokane. Bring it.
2: Uh, I got a question about the whole Jamal Adams situation. Uh, I heard jeep talking about. You know, the the comparison of what happened like in 2007 with Jamal Adams, what mm-hmm. he was comparing it to. By the way, that interview had me laughing my butt off. I was laughing hysterically about the Irish part. But anyway, um, um, with, with, with the new coaching staff coming in, I mean, is Jamal Adams worth a player keeping or do you think he burned that bridge? I mean, I don't know if Mike Mike, Mike McDonald's defense can help Jamal Adams thrive in the new defense that's coming in. Mm -hmm. I mean, but would you keep Adams or would you cut him?
1: Well, it's intriguing, Rick. Thank you for the phone call. It's intriguing because if you think of that scheme and you think of linebackers in that scheme, you need linebackers can really run. Whether it was a Michigan or Baltimore, the last couple of years they need to be thumpers too. You got to you got to play in the box. He loves playing six in the box and and having the safeties move around and show all sorts of different pictures. So is Jamal Adams a linebacker? Jamal Adams, the linebacker,
0: can he sustain?
1: Yeah, I think he's to this. No, I don't think
0: so. Just either. answer is no. You cut him. This to me doesn't. There's almost no debate here. Yeah. I can't imagine a scenario, it's really hard for me, in which Jamal Adams is back with the Seahawks next yeah. year, and I would not support a scenario like that. Yeah, I, I think, think it's t- just time to move on. I
1: think from a leadership standpoint, you need to turn it over to it's, your it's, young bucks. It's time to move on. It's time to be Spoon's it's team. It's just time, time to be, we'll see if it's Jordan Brooks. I wouldn't mind that. It's time to turn it over to those guys, and for what he's making mm-hmm. in the value and the return on investment, it just doesn't quite fit.
0: alright seven nine three seven seven six. Let me go to Ethan and Yakima. What's up, Ethan? Good morning.
1: Golly. Hey what's up y'all? Um
4: I just want to talk about the Mariners. You know, I'm I listened to the show last night and I'm kind of I'm kind of with you talk about if we got Chapman and that would be <laughs> that would be pretty cool. If not, um you know, it's really not a big deal, but uh, I do think Chapman would definitely set us over the edge cuz he hasn't been the bat he was, but his defense, I think, would um, kind of complete some the of that. Field out they
0: could lot. use some of that defense, Brock. There's no
1: doubt. <laughs> Ethan, I-, I am usually with Yakima. You know that. I'm I'm with Huckleberry Milkshakes and Miners Burgers. I'm always with you. To me, I, I got to be honest, and maybe I'm I'm biased because Luke Arkins has sent me the numbers over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. He feels like as a as bat bat, it'd be like a lot of these guys have come in here and struggled. Now he played in a brutal stadium in Oakland. He came up in here and hit and so he he, he would know what he's getting into as Shannon said yesterday, this is a non-starter. He is a, he is in a prove it situation. Scott Boris's agent, he is not going to prove it. Playing April and May and on the West Coast and doing it, he's just not going to do it. He's been there and done that and lived that life. He's not going to do it. So
0: I would agree. I don't think there's any real opportunity for that to happen. It's really more of the like, gosh, you just need one more. And I think Bellinger's going to be in the same spot. Yep. I'd be a little bit more willing to commit to Bellinger for a longer term, just because I think he's a better player and he's more versatile. And he will age better than Chapman because most of the Chapman value, or a lot of it anyway, is tied up in his defense. What
1: about the big dude? And I know it's not defense, and I know it'd be a, some redundancy. But you know, Ty's a guy that gets hit and gets beat up, mm-hmm. and Garver. There's some injury, and Hanager. There's some injury. What about Solaire? He's still sitting out there, is he not?
3: Yeah, is I mean, it's a thirty you could have, home
1: run bat. Like yeah. if you need some pop, you know, do, do you want if he continues to sit out there and the market continues to be soft for him and
0: would he talking not... about a lot. I mean, like... I know, another right-handed... It's another right-handed corner outfielder, DH. Kind of. Kind of outfielder.
1: Again, not a great I know. defensive guy. I mean, guy. it's sort of
0: like corner outfielder slash DH. It just... It feels like there is so much redundancy there that you sort of were in a one of Hoskins, Garver, or Solaire. Mm-hmm. and there just seemed like there are other ways to spend but money. With the
1: unknown still of Canzone, a I know. very young player. The history of Mitch,
0: yep, you know, and if the market is favorable, but then on you a- should have done that rather than trade for Mitch. Right, no, like no. I, I just I think once you did the Mitch deal, I know that's not entirely why you did it, but I just don't see how you can do both of those things. I just mm. it it. Just the way I understand your thoughts on Chapman, I think I would kind of feel the same way on Solaire. Bellinger is a good enough fielder and is so versatile that I think you can probably find a way to make it work longer term. Mm -hmm. I think it'd be hard for me now with Solaire. And so, you know, really none of these are perfect fits. Chapman just because he plays third base. But, you know, so what, you know, J.D. Martinez wasn't really a great fit. We saw Justin Turner go to Toronto this week. You know, Brock, your, yeah. your thought has been, you know, over and over again, well, then just go with more pitching.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can't we, argue with that. I mean, with Blake Snell or Montgomery, I mean, now Snell's going to get a, a mega deal and he's going to sit till he gets a mega deal. And he's a two time Cy Young Award winner. And as much as he wants to be here, you're not going to do that. You have allocated, mm-hmm. I think, in your mind and in your program, the monies for George Kirby and Logan Gilbert and your own guys to take care of down the road. And
0: I would rather have them long term than Blake Snell. But Montgomery? I don't know what Montgomery gets. I I guess I don't know the market there as well um, as I would necessarily for Snell. So I just, I don't really know how to judge that one, but 866-979-3776. Let me go to Max in Puyallup. What's up, Max? Good morning.
1: Thank you. Something P-Town? Representing. Good morning, guys. Viking power will survive through the class of 95. Viking power will survive through the class of 95. Go ahead.
2: Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Appreciate no problem.
0: It. Yeah, okay.
2: Um, what do
4: you
0: got? I
1: was wondering what you guys thought about Eric the Enemy as the offensive no. coordinator for the Seahawks. Uh, no, no, that's a hard cross. No. no, no, <laughs> that's what we think. Too much conflict. No, does not. He's. he's I've heard this term used. He's a player hater.
0: He's hard on players.
1: He's hard on players. He treats players.
0: Let's just go to the, let's go to DC. Chuck, uh, Craig Hoffman was on yesterday with Bump and Stacey. He was asked about him. This would be the thing that would worry the hell out of me if I was you guys in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I don't even feel like I need to play the rest of the cut. The moment yeah. you ask somebody from another city whether or not they'd be a good fit, and he says, this is what would worry the hell out of me. Yeah. Just turn the page. Yeah, it's a Just conflict. move it along.
1: It's a conflict he has with players and the challenge with that. And I think that's part yeah. of the reason that he did a lot of interviews for a lot of years and people walked away and went, nope, not a culture builder. That's just not what we need. And if you're Mike McDonald and you're in year one of your program, I don't think you want to bring that element in.
0: Brock, I'm going to make you very happy here in a oh moment. Gosh, Let me really? bring on Jacqueline and the center. What? What's up, Jacqueline?
3: What? What? Hey, good morning.
0: Nice. Go <laughs> <So> home week.
3: <laughs> What's I going on? You
1: guys. Uh, I we love, love you guys. Oh, we love you, Jacqueline. We love you. Yeah, appreciate you. What's <laughs> happening?
3: Well, uh, I heard you mention um, what, hap- what went wrong with the Seahawks, and you were talking about Jamal, or she was. Oh, by the way, G is so funny. I mean, my <laughs> husband and I were just in stitches, especially about his credit rating. <laughs> it was a great line.
0: Oh, man. Sort of so
3: thank you for that.
0: Funny because it's but, sad um, and true. <laughs> <laughs> On
3: so many levels. Uh, love G, too. Okay. What went wrong with the Seahawks? You know, I heard you talking about Jamal, and that's that's not the piece that was in my mind. It was more the Cincinnati game and DK and, and, you know, all the, I think they lost that game because of DK and whatever Pete had to do to, you know, uh, make that stop. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's when it, if that's when things started going wrong. And then at the end of the year, when you had your last interview with him and second to the last, and you asked him what um, did, did he lose the locker room? And he said, I don't know. You have to ask them. you remember he was, quipped yep, and you, yep, it sounded really yep. and that that to me was like oh man there's something really something's not yeah it's right it, it's amazing there.
1: jacqueline you can point to a couple of those things now in the rearview mirror great to hear your voice thank you for listening your husband too you could just kind of look at the rearview mirror sulk and maybe you know schedule wise you look at it in cincinnati was a part of it i think it was the thumping in baltimore I think you look at its five and two team and everything that was going. You lose Uchenna Nwosu. You lost one of your alphas. You lost your edge setter. You lost a real difference maker on your front, and you put Derek and Daryl in positions that they were nowhere equipped for and ready for. And Boye then got more resources allocated to him and everything else. But that Baltimore thumping, that one—I mean, you just—you don't get beat like that in the NFL. It, it, it doesn't look varsity to JV like that very often, mm-hmm. and it did. And from that point forward, it was yeah. it was hard. Yeah, hard but I think what tre- she's
0: saying is losing the locker room. And yeah, I think some of that DK stuff did play a really big role. Which was about in that the way same all time. of that went down mm-hmm. over the course of this season. Good stuff, great calls as always. Thank you everybody for your phone calls. Let's rank.
2: Got a list time to put it in order Fred Von fours house top 5 top 5 meals that i have ever had this is ranked
1: to be honest their list was really biased every morning at
4: 9:45 on Brock and Saw the top 10 list i'm not buying it Ranked.
0: well brock as you know in addition to the super bowl this weekend it's the waste management open in- Scott's. I watched a little bit of it. Yeah, it was raining yesterday, Ooh. unfortunately. But Jordan uh, kept Our, himself uh, in Our very own
3: Brandon Gustafson was
0: out I know. there. I
5: there's frost Bridget. on the course. Yeah, year. Year. it's not great. Bridget. Tough weekend, Tough to, be, weekend to
0: be down there. Uh, Jordan, right in the top five. He didn't lose the tournament on day one, which is good to yeah. see. Uh, but, of course, that is famous for the 16th hole, which has become big party scene, the par mm-hmm. three there, the stadium course. And so today, Brock, holes ranked. Oh, not 16s? Oh, boy. Holes ranked.
3: No, we Can we just... come to a conclusion about what you're feeding your father for the Super Bowl?
0: No. We're going to talk about that today. Donut holes. Okay. <laughs> I did have to buy him his Raisin brand and lactose-free milk, though, <laughs> yesterday at the store before, before he got here. <laughs> I hope he found it. All right. Uh, holes ranked. Uh, let's see, Brock. You know this band. Like an down the I
5: don't mind the sun sometimes. You know who that is?
0: No, mm, it's uh, Butthole surfers. I figured you'd know that, but come again. Not. Yeah, don't worry about it. Did uh, we say that? What? The band? it's the name of the band? It was you said on radio say... a million times. You can't say. It's that. literally <laughs> the name of the band. You can, you can say that. You can't say Green Jello anymore, but you can say that. We
3: hold ourselves oh, to stricter standards about what we little can pink. say the here.
0: Name of the band.
3: There's a lot of inappropriate <laughs> names for <laughs> It's
0: true. This is wholehearted by extreme, Brock. I know you know this one.
1: Dude, one. you know that uh, little Nick Taylor's 7-under through 11? Little Nick Taylor. How many Why people you, do you little? call little?
0: Little Nick Taylor. Do you Taylor, have any idea you... that Nick Taylor is little? Wait, I'm gonna look I it mean, up he's right usually now. a good bet with a golfer, okay. but.
1: Yep, I'll look it up right now.
0: He's the one who hit that putt right at the Canadian Open. 5'10", uh-huh. yeah. Pretty awesome. He's yeah, a normal size guy, average no, size. Is average five size, 5'10", average it's size. Five,
5: I'm fixing a hole where the rain gets in. And stops my mind from wandering
3: where it will go. Oh, that's He's good. a song. I love that song. Never heard that song before in my life.
0: That is off Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, which is one of my favorite albums. Awesome. Great song. That's fixing a Hole. Here's a whole lot of shaking going on. A whole lot of shaking going on. a couple oldies in there for you, bro.
1: A whole lot of shaking?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Holes that's a ranked. different word. Huh. Okay. The Wait, word is hole. I- Can you you spell? Is this a spelling test or a radio show? Are they different words? Is this an audio or a visual medium? (laughs)
4: You're ranking two different things.
0: I'm ranking the word hole. Holes ranked. That's it. It's just holes ranked. Two different words. Holes ranked.
5: (laughs) Oh, that reminds me of Stranger Than Fiction when Will Ferrell plays it for Maggie Gyllenhaal. That's great. That's That's a great movie. I really do
0: like that movie. You got Cornhole. Oh, that's
5: not number one. No, get out.
0: Hole in one.
5: Amy Grant, and cornhole. Tough week for ranks.
1: <laughs> you know there's uh, full ride scholarships for cornhole. Yes, hole?
0: rock athletes, <laughs> big time yeah, athletes with like
4: ten thousand dollar prizes
3: now on ESPN. <laughs> yeah, Sponsored
0: we got served by like Bush's baked beans. We got some ACDC. Uh, no, it's Bush Light.
1: A oh, Bush that's a lattes. whole lot of Rosie. Bush Latte. Who's older, Chip or Angus? Angus, oh
5: jeez, by a lot. Yeah, yeah Angus hasn't beat. Who's gonna live longer, Chip or Angus? Because Angus is definitely
1: not going down.
3: <laughs>
1: this is not a top five. This is no, what? Not this is five. not a
0: top five. No, wow, no, it's a know, good know. song. It's top five. Wow. Nor the band Hole did not make the top five either. Sorry. Oh, you like Courtney Lovebrock? She seems like somebody to be up your alley.
1: No? Push.
0: Push. Hole in the Wall Gang. That's Butch Cassidy, right? Butch Cassidy and the Hole in the Wall Gang. I think. I think you're right. I think I'm right.
5: Really? They got Hole in the Wall barbecue downtown Seattle. Yep. Been out for like 30 years.
0: You got uh, Holes. Shia LaBeouf movie. LaBeouf. 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 It's a good movie. Is it? Yeah, I liked it. Came out when I was in high school. I liked it. Got the whole Nine Yards. Mm. Yep. And we'll hold that one out. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to do the top five? Well, you lost Mora, so yes. That's fine. It's a very holistic. Was there a time at which
1: I'm, you thought we had Mora?
4: I'm reluctantly here.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so you won't get. Mora's in the.
0: Uh, She's here. So so wanna, she won't we- get fired. I don't I want to
5: ruin the top five, so I don't want to say more. Yeah,
0: she'll like one of them, I promise. All right, number five, for me anyway, it's almost a daily part of my life. Whole Foods. Oh. I'm there constantly, man. I go there at least two or three days a week. <laughs> Whole paycheck? It's not yeah. that expensive anymore. It's Since Amazon bought it, it's it not that expensive. That. Pretty good I pickle don't. selection there, too. I mean, go to Whole Foods, then go to QFC. QFC is more expensive. Get yourself some, go to Whole true. Foods, then go to Met Market. It's double. Joe's still cheap, right? yes,
5: yeah, but Trader
0: Yes, I'm with you. best part about Trader Joe's I, is
5: when you leave Trader Joe's, you have to go to the other grocery store to get all the other things you could right. Trader Joe's.
0: Thankfully, the, the Whole Foods and the Trader Joe's are close to each other, so I kind of do both at once. Yeah, balance everything out. So that's number five. Number four.
4: When you down wow,
5: wow,
1: wow! Uh, great song. it when you yeah, get More man, of this feels, like uh, this, this
3: feels like this
1: feels like they've got more vibe. holes in ranked
3: than we've ever. Heard.
1: You Watch your tongue. And we're gonna throw you in the uh-huh. hole.
5: <laughs>
0: A couple of days in the hole. Uh-huh. Gotta fix that. Twenty-four hours in the hole. Uh, all right. Number three. Black hole sun. Yeah. Won't you come?
1: Wash away the rain. Black hole sun.
5: Yeah. Not STP. Yeah. So you know what, Brock? First. I did. I
0: forgot to mention the STP I was song, that's though. Well, I didn't want
5: to ruin anything. Oh,
0: uh, that's on me. I forgot to mention that as a... Uh, Honorable As mention? an honorable mention, yeah, mm. tripping on a hole in a paper heart. Yep. Mm. great song with an great awesome, song. awesome guitar solo in it. But so no, that good. was Soundgarden. There's, so uh,
5: there's a lot left, and there's only two two spots. Yeah, this is. I already know my cornhole is already thrown out. So I'm, I'm sorry. Very upset. <laughs> sorry that
0: one didn't quite make it. What is left? What is left? Uh, there's a lot. Really? Yeah. I don't feel like there's. that much Super massive black hole by
5: Muse. I the didn't. Yeah, I don't Ode have Earth that one. By Deftones. I don't. I
0: don't have mm-hmm. that one either. Mm-hmm.
5: Never heard of them. Shh. Got <laughs> <But> the peephole. <laughs> the what? Peephole on the door. Uh-huh. Number two.
0: <laughs> What's your guess, Brock? Who is it? Allison Jane. Yeah. Woo! Friday. Nice. Let's you are <laughs> on fire. Let's go. That's like a hole out from uh, 25 yards off the green, it's a Brock.
5: Brock. Hope you can carry
3: that Brock. over to our weekend competition, Brock. Uh huh. <laughs> Win That's
1: the whole shebang. Let's hope so, Queen. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope so, Queen Dooley. <laughs>
5: What is that? Uh,
3: what
5: is that weird voice? Don't, <laughs> do, that. Don't do that
0: anymore. Fire the hole. <laughs> Brock really pulled out his ace in the hole there, though I would mm-hmm. say. Brock has
5: a holistic approach to life, so I appreciate <laughs> how well-rounded you are.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Allison Chain's off. over Soundgarden, but number one, I'm gonna go Zeppelin for number one today.
5: <laughs> Two five three said, "How about a whole new segment?" <laughs> yes
1: been a whole lot of questions about that hip tattoo.
5: (laughs) She never said where the tattoo was. No. It's not a hip tattoo.
3: Well, no, I did say that. She She said she had a hip tattoo.
0: She said she she didn't say. Because I said I
3: wanted to do ribs, and they talked me into it. Right. She didn't say
0: where the other one was, though, which makes me think it's in the back of the neck.
3: Yeah.
5: What if she has like a mustache tattoo on her finger the whole time and we
0: haven't seen it?
3: Someone said inside the lip tattoo. There was a suggestion made that
0: you had a ruler inch lines drawn on your fingers.
3: Gosh, (laughs) which
0: I didn't think was fair. I thought that was obnoxious. Yeah, that's
3: right. You guys haven't noticed I have knuckle tattoos.
0: (laughs) I thought that was just wrong. Not cool. All right, we got to run. Um, We'll be back Monday to talk about the Super Bowl and to talk to Mike McDonald. What's that 9 30 Monday morning. Be there for that. We'll see you guys at six. Have a great weekend. Until then, the hey. Barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!